Welcome back to the Suraj Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how Gruhargaman went with his four sons on a hunting expedition where they also met with Sri Chand, Guru Nanak Dev Ji's eldest son, turned ascetic yogi. Sri Chand asked Guru Hargobin to offer a son to him. Guru Hargobin dressed up his eldest Baba Gurudatta Ji and find new weapons and clothes. Afterwards, Sri Chand gave Baba Gurudatta Ji his topi, a signifier of his position, of the ascetic lifestyle. In the Udasi tradition, Baba Gurudatta Ji is seen to continue on this Udasi lineage, this lineage of asceticism within the broader Sikh tradition after Sri Chand passes away. So after this, Baba Gurdatta then goes to establish his new city. The last episode mentioned while on this expedition searching around, he met with an old fakir, an old Muslim peer, holy man, named Buddhan Shah. And he met, Buddhan Shah did, with Guru Nanak Dev Ji, and was awaiting for the moment that he would meet with the sixth Guru, Guru Hargobind. So chapter 9 ended with Baba Gurdatta calling architects, craftsmen from all over to establish this new city and how Baba Gurdatta Ji's wife, Mata Nati, was also expecting. The seventh great emperor would soon be born. Chapter 10 now begins describing how when it became apparent that Mata Nati was expecting, there was such an expansion of happiness and bliss. The exalted Baba Gurdatta thought within his elated mind that I will have a son soon. And for him, I'll establish this new city. I will call it Guru Kiratpur, the city of the Guru's praise. So in Baba Gurudatta Ji's mind, he placed this desire for his new son. He had such a desire to create this new city. And in great pleasure and comfort, the days passed staying in this new city. They would go mounted up into the nearby forest to hunt. He would take his warriors along with him. And day by day, the expansion of the city became apparent. But O Sikhs and Saints, with great love, now listen to the stories of Guru Hargobind, who would gather together all his warriors, who had such a love for the science of weapons. They would get together and practice shooting, target shooting for archery, as well as reloading constantly while shooting off their matchlock guns. Sometimes they would go into the forest to hunt, taking away the life of many deer they killed. Sikh congregations would stream in to see the Guru and they would stream in from all four sides. They would receive whatever they desired from the Guru. It was as if the Guru's praise were like beautiful jasmine flowers blossoming. Or it was like the praise of the Guru was spreading across the earth like the soft light of the moon. Everyone, men, women, were speaking of the Guru like the philosopher's stone who transformed anything into gold. Wherever this praise spread across the four directions, it was like the spreading of jasmine vine or the shrub. The praise of the Guru being that, oh, the great Guru is a great, grand, prolific warrior, a benevolent helper of the meek. Within his heart, the wisdom is great and equally spread out as vast. Wherever, locally or foreign, across the entire world, the Guru would quickly provide support to anybody in need, the peace-giving Guru. And in this world, the countless desires that people hold on to the Guru keeps to his honor and manifests all of those desires to their Sikhs. And in the afterlife, to all of his Sikhs, his servants, he takes away the fear of pain, of death. Out of all the Peers, the holy men in the world that are known, the Guru is the greatest, the ocean of discernment. All the Siddhis engrossed in their austerities, these Yogis, and the Pandits obsessed with their wisdom, and the celibates, 
obsessed with their celibacy. Those adorning all these practices in the hope of traveling the path of the divine, those with countless powers, all of these people, they arrive and hope for the Guru's sanctuary and protection. Those who arrive here in the Darbar, in the court of the Guru, they come with their hands clasped. Arriving in the Guru's sanctuary, they obtain the pleasure of both worlds, this world and the next. Those countless people who were blessed by Guru Amr Dashi, who were given great discernment by Guru Ram Dashi, and who grasped wisdom by Guru Arjan Dev Ji. Out of all these people who were still alive, they would come to the Darbar, the court of Guru Hargobind, obtaining the Darshan, divine sight of the Guru. They would connect with the essence of happiness. Many out of the six would remain with the Guru, living with them. Others would come and go from home every now and then. Guru Hargobind would create six wherever they would go, and Sikhi spread greatly across all areas. There was Pai Bello, Pagtu, and others traveling through domestic and foreign lands. Guru Hargobind was creating more and more faithful Sikhs. This is how the expansion of Sikhi occurred. And in becoming Sikhs, they would totally understand the past and the future. There was the master, Baba Panna. This was Baba Buddha Ji's son. He would remain with the Guru. He would serve the Guru constantly and speak with them and listen to their words. There were many other prominent Masans there. With great bliss, they would bring offerings to the lotus-like feet of the Guru. From all four directions, the Guru's earnings, donations would come into the house, they would stream in, nobody could calculate how much was coming in. But in the same way, there were countless expenses daily within the Guru's house. And this was all handled by these Masans. They would procure, they would buy very expensive war horses, they would distribute great amounts of food for everybody through the deg, that langar. Everybody would come and eat from there. In the world, the two essential practices which ensure victory, deg and teg, so deg, the communal kitchen, serving, distributing supplies, food, and teg, the sword, the armory, the protection, the strength, both are vastly apparent within the Guru's house. Upon seeing this, the entire world is in awe and shock. One day, Guru Hargun mounted up to hunt. Thousands of warriors were there with him as well. There was Bidijand, Jetha, the master Panna, Sadhu, Khan, as well as many others. They went alongside Guru Hargobind, mounted up on their agile horses. They were jumping and prancing around. It was the early morning now when they were roaming around. They hunted in this manner before it would get too hot. And they were killing rabbits, wild boar, all along the way to the village of Vardali. When it was getting too hot now, they dismounted and they ate countless types of food. They arrived there at the birthplace of Guru Hargobind. So this is Vardali, which by seeing one receives, one accrues great merit. They all went to receive that spot's darshan, divine sight. They all bowed down there with great love. Panna, Sadhu, and others were there when there was a great congestion because of so many people were coming from the village to see the Guru. So everybody from the Guru's camp, they saw this spot and they were happy. And Guru Hargobin then said to them, I was born here. This is where I played when I was little. I used to roll around and crawl here in this courtyard. And slowly and slowly, I gained strength in my legs. Slowly, slowly, I began to walk here. Panna heard this and clasped his hands, replying, Oh, Guru Hargobind, just like how Krishna used to roam in the forests of Braj, in the same way 
you gloriously roamed around in this area. People obtaining the site had all their vicious sins destroyed. So they stayed here for some time, taking a rest, a siesta. And when there was about four and a half hours left before sunset, they woke up from their nap. Gurhardwin went to a well to bathe. They got there and they drank a cannabis drink before bathing. In the great heat, they bathed there using great amounts of water, such pure, cooling water and great delight. They poured water over themselves. Then Guru Hargobind readied himself, getting dressed, strapping weapons onto his body, looking glorious amongst his warriors. At that point, one farmer came towards Guru Hargobind of that area with his hands clasped. He said, Oh great king, there's a massive wild boar here. He's uprooting our crop. Guru Hargobind heard this with great bliss and mounted up on his strong horse. He moved forward with the farmer, guiding him to where the boar was. The warriors, they followed in the rear. They were looking below a bushy area and the boar heard the group and began barking and roaring. It jumped out of the bushy area and it jetted out. It ran as fast as it could. Gurhargavan and looking like a god of heaven, Indra, went after it. Like how the moon is captured by Rahu, an eclipse. In the same way, the boar quickly covered ground and in hoping that it wouldn't get away to capture it, at that point, Guru Hargobind yelled out to Pandekha, Don't let it get away. At that point, Guru Hargobind slowed his horse down. Meanwhile, Pandekha, the great warrior, sped up his horse, running after it from behind for some distance. And when he got close, the boar, it stopped. Pandekha got his spear ready. The boar turned around with great ferocity and charged at him, grunting. Along the way, it charged at Pandekha, who tried to do a strike, but the spear, it missed. The boar took a swipe at the horse of Bandekha and it greatly injured it. The horse, it just couldn't handle it. It quickly fell to the ground. It was in a difficult position. The horse was now freaking out because the boar was just right in front of it. Bandekha too fell and he couldn't get a hold of himself. He couldn't get up. when he saw all of this and he quickly sped up his horse, getting there while pulling out his kardag, his very massive sword, attracting the boar's attention. And great anger spread now across the Guru's face. The entire army was at some distance now, watching it all. Now there was no one but the Guru and that boar close. When the distance was closed, they got extremely close. Guru Hargobind turned his horse quickly to the side. He transferred all of his weight to one stirrup on that right side, and he struck down with his vicious Kardag sword, which hit the back of the boar, and it cut it into two pieces. Who could handle such a powerful strike from that vicious sword? Bannan Sadhu quickly came and saw this massive boar from the face of this boar. Some fiery essence flew out of it. Only Guru Hargobind and Bannan saw this. That fiery essence then bowed down to the lotus like feet of Guru Hargobind. Then it desired to leave in great happiness. But at that point, the master, Bannan, he asked a question. He said, Who are you? Tell me everything. Listening to this, that fiery essence told its whole story, the reason why it obtained a life in the body of a boar. It said, I was a great Sikh of the exalted Guru Arjan Dev Ji. When Mata Ganga Ji went to go see Baba Buddha Ji, I was there and I was sent to tell Baba Buddha Ji ahead of time that they were coming. Baba Buddha Ji saw all these carriages coming from a ways away and he said, why is there such a commotion, a fleeing from the Guru's house? I heard this and I got extremely angry at Baba Buddha Ji to say this about the mother of the Guru, 
I heard this and I got extremely angry seeing Baba Budaji say this while sitting down. I thought of this as inappropriate, disrespectful to Mata Gangaji. And I raised my head saying, Oh farmer, you have remained an idiot. Understand this properly to be the Guru's house and speak accordingly. Your habits, well, they come from your caste of being a jat, a farmer, and they surely have not been erased. You do not know how to speak properly with respect. And in seeing my anger, Baba Buddhaji heard this and he just cursed me. He said, oh, go take the body of a lowly pig. I heard this curse and I immediately regretted my actions in my head, knowing that the words of Baba Buddhaji come true. I became humbled and I asked him, well, when will this curse end? Hearing my humble plea, he had compassion on me and he told me when this curse will end. The exalted Guru Arjan Devi's son, the massive one, the one adorned with weapons, when they go hunting, they will kill you. And then you will leave this body of a boar and you will be liberated. Since that time I have lived as a boar, roaming around this area of Vidali, and now the true Guru has come to liberate me, playing in this hunt and killing me. So the fiery essence thing said this and then took off, obtaining the highest position. Nan Sadhu heard this and were in shock. And there at that place they made a resting spot, Dam Damasaib, a place to catch one's breath, one's dumb. Guru Harubin sitting there called Pandey Khan, asking him how he was with respect. They stayed there for some time before then taking off. Along the way, Guru Harubin was speaking with Pai Panna about this. Whatever six slanders of Buddhaji, listening to this, they all obtain great curses and experience great pain. They obtain the form of a deer or birds in their next life. And when I go out and hunt them and kill them, I destroy their pop, their sin, and liberate them. And saying this, they arrive back to Amritsar, sitting gloriously on the throne of the Akalatakat. And that's how chapter 10 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear more about Guru Hargobin hunting and traveling. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalajaran Patreon page. Thank you.